Hello, welcome to Sheffield Board Gamers Podcast. This is episode 48. My name is Rick, and today I'm joined by Tom Cauldron. Hello, Tom. Hi, Rick. Hello. Uh, we're going to talk about some of the games that we've been playing recently, some of the board games that we've been, uh, we've been playing at the club. Uh, we have a question of the week, which is bucket games, bucket list games, rather. Uh, games we haven't played yet that, uh, that we want to get around to at some point. Yeah. I do know some games involving buckets, but that's not what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah uh, but before that, um, we're going to have a quick chat about what we've been doing in the meantime. So uh, we've been playing, uh, on a Thursday evening, we've been playing Dungeons & Dragons. So one of my yes. friends said, oh, do you want to join a game? We're going to start up. Somebody else wanted to play as well, so he was starting a game and he was going to be the games master. So for the past few months, we've been playing D&D. And we got to kind of a bit of a break at the end of the... Uh, at the end of the episode, at the end of the sort of adventure that we're on, and then he wanted to take a bit of a break because obviously it's a big job. It's uh, it's quite a, a thankless task sometimes if you if you're a DM because you have to yeah think everyone of else just turns up and messes about. You have yeah. to prepare and get him right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he he had been running these games for a while and wanted a break. So I was, he said, "Does anybody else want to do anything?" And I I stepped up and I said, "Yeah, I could probably do something." So I um. I, I had a look around and I could I, I had a look at, at what games we could play and and something that'd be interesting and um, I didn't really want to ca- want to carry on like in the same world kind of thing with the same characters because that was kind of his world and his characters and you know his game sort of thing so um, it could get a bit messy if you know someone takes over and it starts handing out loot that's not appropriate or you know guiding you into the wrong places and things like that so right and I didn't I didn't really want to start another. A different game where you've got to learn all the rules again and sort of start from scratch and start from level one. So it's a bit of a dilemma. Uh, but I found these uh, I found these RPG things which are like one shots, which are like um, uh, just like a one game that you play. Yeah. So these it's basically like really short rules. It's either on an A4 piece of paper or two A4 pieces of paper, two sides of paper, uh, and they're fairly straightforward um, games that you play um, with with like a group of people in a ro- like in a role playing style uh, but basically they'll give you a kind of a prompt and they're more kind of storytelling rather than like rules heavy and things like that so well, one that we played was a game called the witch is dead so in this game the um, a, a sort of cute woodland creature and you uh, you live with this witch in the woods and um, a witch hunter comes in and kills her so then you have to go and get, get revenge on this witch hunter who's killed your your <laughs> friend the, the, the witch and you have to pluck out his eyes and bring him back to the witch and bring him back to life and things like that so <laughs> that was quite a fun one we played that lovely yeah it's it, it sounds a bit grim but it's um quite yeah it's quite we, we you sort of play as cute woodland creatures so you might be a magpie or a spider or a squirrel or something like that and you're basically trying to to hunt down this person but obviously you haven't got any you know you can't carry weapons and you can't you've not got any armor or anything like that so you've only got a few little, like little abilities so it's quite interesting sort of exercise on how you sort of go around, go about that uh, and then the one that we played last week was a game called goblin quest uh, and in this one you play um uh, uh, goblins of diff- different descriptions like magical goblins in this big war camp that's um full of orcs and bugbears and wizards um and you, they're all fighting for the forces of evil against the forces of good but you're you're playing sort of these sort of cute little goblins that have got their own little quest going on so it's a kind of game where you, you, as a team, you kind of think up a quest that you want to do. So you might want to 
raid the armory and get some treasures or you might want to explore the area or you know sing a song in front of like all these <laughs> on stage in front of all these uh, all these armies and stuff but it's a it's a bit of a slapstick kind of game so you, you your goblins can die quite easily but they'll they'll get replaced with another another goblin from the batch and you kind of go about this mission that you all decide on as a team at the start and again you these these goblins are quite scrawny and they're not terribly bright so you're kind of limited there as to as to what you can accomplish and you have to either work together or try and forward yourself to your goal and it's very rules light there's not much um, not much rules to it but it's um it's kind of more of a storytelling thing or i'm gonna i'm gonna go over here to the cobblers and i'm gonna try and steal some horseshoes or something because we're trying to we're trying to build a cart or something to raid this uh, <laughs> raid this treasure hoard or something along those lines. So you kind of explain what you want to do and then you roll some dice to say whether you fail or succeed or if you get injured or if something else happens. Uh, and then you kind of explain what you you know what your outcome is, what you did, and then moves on to the next player. So it was a, it was good fun. It was a bit of a change. It's um, it's something where you don't have to do any sort of preparation work beforehand. It's all it all comes out sort of as part of the narrative. So. There's not a lot of sort of preparation to uh, to go into. There's no like books of rules to learn. You know, like D and D books, you, you you get like a dungeon master book and a player's guide, and you kind of have to know the ins and outs. This one's really straightforward. Uh, like I said, just on a, on a on a piece of paper, basically. So we we, we rolled our characters and, and played the game all in one evening, and we, we started at seven and we're done half past nine. So yeah, really quick, but good fun. Um, quite enjoyed doing that. So you're getting a um a lot of them from the same place, the same publisher, or something. Yeah, yeah, there's a there's a guy called Grant Howitt, and he's got a web page where he sells these sort of adventures. He's got quite a few of them. There's a few different ones, oh, um, nice. so you can go on his web page and purchase like a couple of uh, a couple of adventures on there, and you get the the text for it and some, you know, a couple of maps and some documentation and stuff like that. Uh, and then you're away then. So it's um, yeah, it's pretty straightforward. Oh, I think cool. I think there's quite a few different ones. There's loads that seems to be kind of a, you know an upcoming genre of RPG games. These like really rules light kind of narrative driven games rather than like a big sprawling. Yeah, epic. there's a there's a lot of those around the, the uh, ones where people have just sort of done a sort of little sort of homebrew thing. Mm. Uh, and then I mean you have still got the uh, the big systems with all the uh, you know we've got pages of different weapons with all the different stats and yeah and your different classes yeah. and spells think, yeah. and things like that Still got yeah. all those but there's uh, yeah. definitely a a lot of um, people doing their own little things out there as well yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I've, I've done a few um larping campaigns you know the uh dungeon dragons and pathfinder and things but mm. yeah little uh one shot uh small things are nice as well yeah. paula my partner's got a uh sort of a, a weekly session that she does as well mm. online uh, and that's sort of it's sort of a homebrew system uh, but one person's uh, sort of creating this whole story for people mm. uh, and it's the system that they're using it's fairly simple, you do have some dice rolling but mm. it's roll one, one dice and see what you got and if, you've got a, if you're better at that skill you're rolling a a D12 rather than a D8 or whatever. All right, yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, they've been doing that for for years. They started in uh, in lockdown and they've carried on doing it. And it's still mm. still doing it uh, online every week rather than meeting in person. But yeah, so. yeah. So do, do do they have the same game master who runs it every time? Then or do they? They do. Yeah. Like yeah. Different people. Yeah. Yeah. 
there's other people we know who do uh, regular Pathfinder events as well. So yeah, but yeah, that's sort of one end of the spectrum of uh, role-playing games, and I've mm-hmm. sort of experienced the other end of the spectrum recently, which is a, a free-form LARP. Have you ever mm. done anything like that? No, no, no. This is no rules, no dice. Well, not as much rules as you know. This is uh, something I did at a at an event we went to uh, a couple of weekends ago. Mm. Uh, there were um, uh, quite a few people at this event. It was sort of a mini convention. There were people that someone was doing for for a party. They got all mm. their friends together, and um, uh, the LARP was for. Uh, they wanted 13 people exactly. Too few, right. and it wouldn't quite work, and too many, it wouldn't work. And, and what, uh, we did, what we did is we uh, we went in there. There was a rail of various cloves on one side and a table with various interesting envelopes on the other side <laughs> and some chairs. And, yeah. we, and so I picked an envelope and uh, opened it up and found out a little bit about my character. There was a description of who I was, some people I knew, uh, a bit of my a bit of what I was doing at the time, and yeah. my motivation. You know, for some things that I wanted to achieve. All uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I had I could go and find a couple of clothes if anything could uh, make me look like a Victorian judge. Yeah. I yeah. ended up wearing a, a sort of. I ended up wearing a, a, a scientist lab coat because it looked a little bit like a, a Victorian frock coat. But anyway, uh-huh. it wasn't entirely uh, <laughs> wasn't entirely dressing up properly. But you know, um, yeah. and yeah, everyone else had their own envelopes with characteristics. Uh, the various other little mysterious envelopes in there that say "open when such and such happens." Yeah. So and then we were sort of set off to interact with each other. Right. I'll give you a little bit of the the basic initial setup. Yeah. It's called the night train and we and I was a passenger on a train and I was going somewhere and I knew some people on the train who knew some of the other people on the train train and yeah. most people were yeah. strangers. Right. And everyone else had their own little thing and we just sort of interacted. Yeah. And strange things happened. And <laughs> And every so often, someone would open up a, an envelope and find out something else, or right. be told that something else happened. Uh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. And then at various stages during the the game, there were two people who weren't playing but just sort of observing and managing it. And at oh, various okay, st- yeah. stages during the game, they would announce that you have uh, reached the the next station, or hmm. Uh, anyone who's got a thing that opens at the next station, read it now. And they describe a little bit of what's happening. And then we carry on right. <laughs> interacting with what new things we know and what new yeah. problems we've got to, to, got to solve. Yeah. So no dice rolling, no stats. You don't have to... Uh, I've got a plus one broadsword therefore i do 12 damage and yeah. but you've got oh, but you've got two plus two armor so no none of that it's just talking and yeah. trying to resolve what we need to resolve between ourselves yeah. and it was it was a very interesting experience mm-hmm. yeah i mean it was, it was a, an afternoon and normally apparently they, they give they give people preparation this. They, they send people the character in advance, tell them to 
sort of bring their own costumes and things. So it normally yeah, was a bit yeah. more preparation for everyone, but we were just sort of thrown into it. Yeah. And it went very well. It was a, a very interesting plot. I won't give you any uh, any of the spoilers, just in case. I mean, yeah, yeah, you never yeah. know. <laughs> So do you, do you just play it in a room then? You just sort of yeah, we were just in a, a room, physical room, and just yeah, sort of that way. Yeah, twelve chairs laid out in a couple of lines, and that was a train carriage, and we were in the train uh, carriage. Oh, uh, I see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Is it like the the story is the same every time? So the only you, you could play it again and be a different character, but you kind of know the story and what what happens, and is it uh, something that's replayable, or is it is it like different every time? I think it, it, it it's generally going to be the same general things are going to happen obviously people are going to be interacting with each other differently and might make different sort of alliances and things or different deals with each other but yeah the the basic underlying story is going to be the same every time so i don't know what it'd be like to play it again because there were Mm -hmm. surprises along the way Mm -hmm. uh, revelations that the uh, that were dropped on us and they wouldn't be surprised the next time but it would still be interesting to play yeah it sounds like um, a very specific number so it'd be something that you'd do like yeah. you said on a special occasion on a birthday or you'd organize play at a con or something like that it's not something you could just tip up on a on a weekend something and play you'd you'd need to organize it well in advance when you to have the right number of players and stuff to yeah play it uh the woman who was running it was uh one of the people who had written it and she does a lot of these um more narrative larp events yeah. around yeah. the place she's uh she's really into that whole world yeah yeah there's a, and, uh, there's uh, probably another genre similar to the one shots where people are there kind of doing their own thing and making their own stories up and yeah there's actually um, a bit of variety there uh, there's a larp festival going on in a few months uh hmm. february uh at theatre delhi there's a Box Northern LARP Festival. Hmm. That's Peter Daly in, in Sheffield, Arley Street. And yeah, that's more of this sort of thing. It, they take uh, there's various interesting sounding LARPs that take like four hours, and hmm. and some of them seem a little bit more like you know actual games, and hmm. some of them seem more like sort of experimental experiences. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. I could read you a couple of the descriptions of some of the things that they're going to be putting oh, yeah. on. Yeah, okay. Uh, okay, one of them is called Parents' Evening. <laughs> it's Parents' Evening at the Wizard School, uh, and your uh, your child attends that school. Is your child who you thought they were? Are they disappearing the teachers? What's that unusual thing they brought home? Will they pass maths? <laughs> you play either a magical or non-magical parent who will be given a description of your child and your goal for the session. Which sounds, you know, that sounds like a... Uh, I, I, I kind of know what we're going to be doing. Yeah, very similar to what we've been doing, yeah. Uh, but there's others that uh, seem a bit more sort of experimental. There's uh, mm. the ones that are non-verbal, where you just got to express your character through artworks <laughs> and, or mo- motion. Um, right. There's, hang on a second, what does it say? This club is complete. Uh, a group of non-human beings have, been, have had to abandon their worlds for an unknown reason and are travelling to a new world, untouched by sentient beings. This LARP will involve the creation of a new society and a new world by and for these beings. Creating new worlds is an art-based LARP which explores the combination of role-playing and art-based workshops, completely non-verbal and will ask participants to communicate through art-making and the use of various art materials, such as paints, <laughs> pencils, markers, play-doh, paper, thread, etc. <laughs> so, you sort of... I, I don't know exactly what that'll be, but it sounds interesting. Yeah, it does, yeah. 
Yeah. So this is sort of, I mean, this oh, is a board games podcast, board, mm. podcast, and this is sort of drifting a little way away from board games. It's yeah. sort of a d- different end of the spectrum. Yeah. yeah, yeah. More towards sort of art making or theatre workshops or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's um, yeah, it's it, it's, uh, it, it, it sounds a bit like. Um, it sounds a little bit like those big mega games, you know, the big games where people playing together and it's like fifty yeah. people playing the same game, but obviously on a bit on a lot of smaller scale and a lot of smaller kind of environment. Yeah, and a bit more loose. You don't have like, oh, you've got this uh, this to aim for, and if you have got yeah. twenty points worth of so much so and so, then you have succeeded at your goal. It, it, mm. Nothing as definite as that. It's mm. more sort of yeah, you don't win or lose. I don't think in any of these. <laughs> Yeah, it sounds interesting, um, and it's good that it's good that these uh, kind of groups are popping up in Sheffield as well. Yeah, Obviously, I don't know if anything do about, that kind uh, of game. about this, the people who are doing this, but it's uh, yeah. interesting. It's it's a Box yeah. Northern Lark Festival, third of February. Yeah, very good. Okay, so um, onto the games that we've played then. So I've played a yes, couple of games, games. At the club. Yeah, board games. <laughs> yeah, um, I remember I those. A, so I've played a quick uh, a quick card game uh, that I bought. A couple of weeks ago, called five two one one. Played this mm-hmm. a couple of times. This is um, a, a box of cards, so there's no tokens, no money, anything like that. It's just a, a deck of cards. Uh, the cards are numbered between one and six, and they come in, I think, five different suits, five different colours. Um, and basically, it's called five two one one because you start off with a hand of five cards. Everybody plays two cards simultaneously uh, on the table, and then everybody plays another card, and then everybody plays another card. So five, two, one, one. Um, so basically, you'll have four cards in front of you. Um, what you're trying to do is you're trying to score, uh, score the cards, and the cards are worth the the numbers that are on them. And uh, on the ones, there's like a little picture of a lizard, which is a, I think they call it a kododo. It's some kind of native lizard to somewhere or other. I'm not sure, but you check, first of all, once everybody's played, you check to see if this is an exact number of kododos. So I think in a five-player game, it's like seven or something. And if there's not seven of those, then you look to see whichever has the highest majority in colours. So if there's an exact number of kododos, they score, so everybody will take those cards, put them face down in the score pile, discard all the others. If it's not that, it goes to the uh, the highest quantity of, um, of cards that have been played. The twist is, though, that there's a limit to how many that you can play so uh, I think in a in a five player game it was eight of a certain colour so if there's ever more eight or more of a certain colour that doesn't score even if it's a majority and then it goes down to the next highest colour and if it's tied it'll go down to the next one and if it's tied completely then nothing scores at all so um, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a gambling game you um, you might have like a couple of high numbered cards in your hand so if you think you can score those then it's um, you want to try and play them on the table and make sure it doesn't go over, it doesn't bust, and you, you get to actually score it at the end. If you've got, if you've got Kododos, you want to play those, and um, is there any way you can stop other people playing uh, scoring if they've played a six? So if my opponent has played a six, you don't, obviously don't want them to score, so can you play another colour of that to bust it and go over? Uh, and that's basically it. It's pretty, um, pretty straightforward. Uh, so I played this two-player, and we played it five-player. I think the five-player game was a little bit chaotic. It was a bit... Um, mm. It was a bit chaotic because you didn't really get much choice of, of what to do. There's only a few rounds. Uh, so straightforward that there's not many decisions in there. There's a couple of decisions, you know, about when you play your cards and how you play it, but you only have a, have a hand of five cards. So I think it's better at, at three and four player. Um, I did play it two player as well. And it, was, it worked fine at two player. That was that was okay. 
but I think I think it's probably a little bit too simple for for us. But the the good thing is, it's only like a fifteen minute game, so it's not it's not like overly long or anything. It is it is just like a quick filler, uh, quick filler card game. The the other complaint is that the the uh, cards aren't particularly easy to read. So at five players, if you imagine everybody's played like three cards in front of them, you you sat trying to count. You know, how many colours there is of each one and comparing it to your hand and some of the colours are very similar. Uh, the red, and, uh, sorry, the green and the blue are very similar colours. Um, they've got different patterns on the card so you can tell that way. Uh, the yellow cards are like a really bright coloured yellow on a white background. So that's not ideal, they're not particularly easy to see either. Oh so it's not, not the greatest production I think and artwork wise it, it looks fine but not the easiest to read from sort of the other side of the table but uh, if you're, it, it, I'm, I'm sort of looking at the moment for like sort of quick, simple card games. You know, like quick games that you can sort of play with family and stuff like that. And I think this one might be just um, a little bit too simple and a little bit too, sort of, you know, going the other way, making it streamlined and uh, and, and and not enough to it really. But uh, it, it it is quick. It's fun. It's um, it's alright while you're playing it. Like I said, it's like 15 minutes, 20 minutes tops to play it. One thing I do know about this game is that there's another edition of it, uh, mm. which is exactly the same rules, but they've called it Five Two One One Azul, and it's got all the the um, like tile patterns like from the Azul game. Ah, uh, right. But yeah. other than that, yeah. it's not tied into Azul in any way. Is is that the same rules as the? I, th- I think so. Yeah. Um, I think it's yeah. I think it's in the same line as um, I think the publisher did an uh, Azul. It's the same publisher, and I think they did Reef. And yeah. those are the, a few other games that have got yeah, like really high production games. and and all look nice. So it looks it yeah. looks very similar to those, yeah. But yeah, it's um, it, it's worth a quick try. Like like mm. I said, it doesn't take very long. Uh, but I don't think it's for everybody. That's five two one one. Sounds nice. It's a it's an intriguing title. I don't know about mm. you, but I quite like titles that don't really they're a bit cryptic. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm like want to find out what does it mean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Might not work on some people. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I've I've got a quick, simple card game to talk about as well, so I okay. might as well go into that. Um, yeah. That's a game about. Hang on, I'll see if I can get the name right. <laughs> <laughs> a game about selecting seven cards, speedily searching for synergies. Mm-hmm. Which um, that's the title of the game. So some people may already recognise that that is a a game by Stuff by Bez, mm-hmm. uh, designed by Bez Sharari. Art by Bears, published by Bears. So yes, he's um, in the last year or so. He's so started doing little card games hmm. uh, that he's doing as Bessie bargain bags right. uh, that he does. Uh, just a few of fifty cards, stick them in a bag, sell them for five quid at the yeah. at, uh, at trade shows. It's enabled her to do sort of. Uh, really quick development, do a bit more mm. experimental stuff rather than stuff that's, you know, surefire, definitely going to be saleable. I mean, mm. it's he's done uh, experimental stuff like a game about drawing creatures, complementing the drawings, and then complementing the compliments, mm. which isn't really a game. It's more sort of... <laughs> everyone being nice to each other in a sort of therapy session sort of thing. <laughs> uh, but this is one of the ones that are an actual game and she's done it in a in a tuck box as well not just the uh, the bag it's possibly my favorite of her busy bargain bag games so far mm-hmm. she's i mean she 
every time um, I go to another event, it's, oh, come to Expo, she's designed another five games since Aircon a couple of months ago. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. But yeah, um, this is one that I think you've played. Yes, I did, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I played it with you, yeah. It's really quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, it takes maybe five minutes to play. And every time I've introduced it to to, to people, someone around the table has said, oh, where can I get this? Yeah, uh, the, yeah. the answer is usually um, you probably can't because he <laughs> <laughs> uh, made a very limited number of them and has sold them now. Maybe reprinted again, who knows? Yeah, but yeah, the, yeah, the game itself is a bit like real-time fantasy realms. Uh, so, yeah, I think Fantasy Realms is a game where you've got to try and end up with a set of cards in your hand yeah. that work well together, and that's what you're trying to do here as well. So, one card might have a picture on it of a creature with a number of legs and a number of arms, and maybe holding a glass of wine and wearing a party hat, and um, another one might be just a picture of a landscape. Uh, with some things in but they've also got a scoring condition at the bottom which might say score one point for every wine glass Hmm. so if you've got that as one of your seven cards at the end of the game then you count up all the wine glasses on all the cards and score one point for each one of them Hmm. Uh, another card might say uh, this card scores uh, five points but you have to discard all of your items so if you end up with that uh, and some item cards that you were really depending on to score on other things, then tough. You've, you've got the wrong card. <laughs> uh, you might have uh, lost ten points to get those five points. Uh, but the yeah, the difference between this and other games where you've got to try and get things that fit together is that you're all doing it in real time. Mm-hmm. So you start off with one one card in your hand and six cards face down that you don't know what they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a grid of well, there's nine cards set out in the middle of the table. And you can take any of those cards uh, into your hand, and you have to replace it into the middle. Replace a card in the middle. You can either replace it with one from your hand, leaving you the same number in your hand, or you can take one card from the face-down pack and put that back into the middle. And now you've got two cards instead Hmm. in your hand. Uh, And then you can take another card and put another card back in from your hand or from from your deck. And eventually, you'll have built up your hand you can get rid of things you can pick up pick up things you can decide that, that works with that but that one doesn't so you can put it throw it away and take a different card instead but eventually someone someone will have seven cards in their hand uh then they'll count down from seven and everyone has to stop at that point so if you've not got if you've been waiting to get the perfect selection tough mm. if you've run out <laughs> of time so yeah if someone goes really quick then everyone else goes oh my god uh and has to rush the last few cards if you don't manage to get all your cards in your hand, then you just have to pick up the face-down cards and you get what you get. Yeah. So, yeah, it can be over in a few minutes. Or if people are really being careful about what they're trying to do, everyone's doing the same thing, then it mm. might take a few minutes more. And then everyone counts up their score uh, and goes, oh, my God, why did I take that one? <laughs> uh, and then you play again. Yeah. And, yeah, it's really cute. I, th- I think that happened in our game. Yeah, I think I think both things that you mentioned happened. I think somebody said, "Oh, oh, where can I get this game?" Yeah, I, I quite like a copy. And, and I think as soon as we finished, we said, "Oh, I, I get it now. Can we play again?" Yeah, <laughs> it was like yeah, the first first game is yeah. Oh right, now I know what I'm doing. Yeah, once you've seen some of the cards and some of the synergies, yeah, you can kind of work towards 
where it was a bit better. But yeah, yeah. another another quick filler that um, they can play in between games, and yeah, it's fairly fairly straightforward. But there's a bit of strategy there as to how you go about it. And I personally like the art. I I think it's very uh, whimsical. Yeah, it's kind of, kind of like cartoons and like hand drawn, isn't it? I bet. Yeah, yeah. In that I mean, kind it's of style. Um, sort of the right sort of balance where uh, there's things. There's details in the art that you need to know, like yeah. who where, where's a musical note, where, who's got who's wearing a party hat, how many legs does that creature have? <laughs> yeah. You might need to know them for the scoring conditions on other cards. And yeah. some of yeah. them you might see, but some of them a bit you have to sort of hunt around slightly. But it's not too hard to find. No, I'm sure you can. I'm sure you can pick it up from the website somewhere, or if it's available at some point. Yes, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so my so my next game then uh, it's a game called Fallout, the board game. Um, so this is a bit of a well, based on a computer game, which I've never bit played. of a bigger game based on the based on the computer game, the same name, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's um, it's the licensed Fallout board game. So uh, you're doing all the things that you're doing in the computer game. Basically, you've got a, a map of hex tiles that you're kind of going out and exploring. They're all face down, apart from like a couple of starting tiles, and you can go to these tiles, explore them, flip them face up. You can fight monsters. There are like bandits roaming around that you can fight. You can uh, go on quests to try and try and do things. This is between. Uh, it says on board game geek between two hours and three hours long, Ooh. and that's probably accurate. So it's probably a bit of a bit of a long one. Um, but basically, the uh, the goal of the game is to complete sort of a quest that's set out at the start of a game. So it's like a big stack of a big stack of kind of story cards. Um, so you'll go to one of these locations, explore it, do a bit of a quest, and then on the story card there'll be a bit of a story, and then there'll be a choice of what you can do at that location. So there might be some bandits that are like really hungry and they're trying to fight to, to get some food. So you can either give them some food, or you can fight them and try and you know take their credits or whatever. So you get a cho- bit of a choice then, um, and depending on your character that you're building up. You can, uh, if you're particularly good at fighting or if you can find some good weapons, you can go for one option or if you're good at diplomacy or other stuff, you can go for the other option and you'll get a reward depending on uh, on what happens. But a, a lot of the cards that you go through, they'll say, oh, take out uh, this particular card from the deck. So all the cards are numbered and then shuffle that into another location pile. So then what happens is the story kind of continues. So um, in, one, uh, in one scenario, we were at this city and we found... We found this woman who was looking for a long lost sister or something and then we went to this location and we found a sister and then we had to persuade her to to come back with us and things like that so the the story kind of follows on a bit like it does in the game uh, oh, nice. which is quite clever the combat's based on dice rolling so when you run into something you'll uh, roll dice to to try and fight it and you're trying to roll like hits on this dice so you're trying to hit the head or the arms or the legs um, and you'll have like a selection of weapons and armor and things like that, that you can pick up from the quests and from looting locations and things is also stuff that you can pick up. Um, you can improve your character as well. There's a bit of character building, so you can um, improve your stats, which gives gives you better better abilities. Um, you can get like special cards that um, give you like a special bonus or a special boost, depending on what you've what you've picked up. Uh, so it follows it follows the game and the the theme of the game quite well. Uh, I think it does feel like a definitely feel like a Fallout game and kind mm. of. Um, like you like you playing the video game, a lot of that has translated well into the into sort of the board game. Uh, we we played it three players, uh, which I think is, is is pretty much what you want. I think any more than that, I think you'd be heading into sort of the three hour territory to play a game, and it'll probably be a bit too long. So either two or three players is probably the the sweet spot for this. 
it, it, it is a little bit random because um, there's a lot of dice rolling and there's a lot of digging through decks. So when you when you stop and loot a, a particular location, there's like a probably ten cards that are all shoveled together. And if you're trying to complete a quest, one of those cards in that deck is the card that you're after. You know, that's the next bit of the quest. So you could potentially go to a location and loot it and do, you know, the next part. Uh, uh, find one of the quests there, but it. it it, it's not the one that you have to, you know, it doesn't progress anything. It just gives you an extra um, an extra bit of armor or a new weapon or something like that. But um, So it's, it's quite random on on how you sort of progress the story. And sometimes you can get a little bit stuck where people are sort of progressing much further, you know, but just because they've picked up the right cards in the right time and uh, and they're progressing and leveling up quicker than you are. But it kind of balances out over the game. So uh, like I say, I think we'll play a three-player and towards the end we were pretty much... Uh, pretty much equal uh, and we've done the same sort of things we'd ex- explored like a big chunk of the map uh, we'd fought some monsters we'd gone on some quests and done a bit of uh, a bit of story um, so yeah it was it, it was all right um, I, I, I definitely play it again um, it, it was quite interesting to see like how it how it translated it and how it sort of matched the the, the video game quite well uh, and obviously being a big fan of Fallout helps as well I, th- I think if you're not a fan of the video game or if you've never played it um, that'll probably be a knock against it it'll probably be um, not as interesting, or maybe a bit too long, or you don't recognise any of the, you know, any of the stuff that's actually in the game. Yeah, I wouldn't, wouldn't pick up a card. And go, oh, I remember that bit from that. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah. Well, yeah. the, the, like the the monsters that you're fighting, things like that. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if I'm being a bit being unfair, but I have a sort of slight bias against IP games. I think and things based on a yeah tra- popular traditionally IP, they've not been that yeah. great, have they? <laughs> it's like you know, I mean, it could be a perfectly good game, but yeah. it could just have been sold of the product based on people like this IP rather than yeah, this is a really good game yeah. so yeah but I mean there are some classics uh, classic games that are yeah, really yeah. well loved that are based on really popular IPs so it's not a, not definitely going to be bad because it's a just, I, you know. I think they're getting better I think there are still still obviously a few cash grabs that are sort of knocked together and yeah. sort of thrown out the door but obviously there are I think there are some better ones that you there's more chance of getting a, a, a decent game, especially if you're a fan of that particular movie or IP or whatever it might yeah. be. Still, the worst game I've ever played was uh, based on Lost. The oh, right. <laughs> Lost the game, which is... That, that's one that I quite see, <laughs> often quite see at uh, charity shops. Yeah, yeah, it's, shops. It, it's, yeah. Uh, it's incredible how they did that. I, didn't, I don't think they playtested it. I don't yeah. think the person who designed it had ever seen a game. I don't know exactly how many managed it, but yeah, it didn't it didn't quite work in any way. Yeah, yeah. But yes, anyway, um, I don't know if that's biased me against IPs, but yeah, possibly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, this this one, I think, if you're a fan of the game, yeah, there's something to enjoy there. Um, Daniel, who we played it with, he did he did have some of the expansions as well. So there's a there's an expansion that adds more stuff into it, more quests and more monsters. Um, there's a cooperative variant, so you can play it cooperatively. We were playing competitively, and you played play like a number of points, I think it was. But you can play uh, cooperatively as well and work your through, way through the uh, through the game. So it's a it's a produced by Fantasy Flight. Mm-hmm. So if you if you've ever played a Fantasy Flight game like some of the Elder Sign ones or the Arkham Horror, you'll know kind of how it looks. It all looks you know pretty good, and it's got those little mini cards and things like that, and. You get like a player board with the character options on it, and that all that kind of works really well. Um, yeah, yeah, it was all right. It was it was good. Um, Fallout the board game. Nice. Uh, well, uh, other games I've got to play. I haven't played any of the new hotness for anything. 
recently, so the only other mm. games I've got to talk about are quite old ones. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll start with the oldest one, actually, uh, which you may have mentioned the other week when you were talking about Spiel des Jahres winners. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because this is one I played um, at last Sunday session, because mm. uh, Samuel brought it in. The version he's got is called Fair Means or Foul, mm. Uh, but I know it's had lots of other different uh, names over the years. I actually have a version of this as well called... Oh, God, I'll see if I can get the name right again. Yeah, cool. okay, um, go on. I think it might be Adel Verflichten. Okay. <laughs> Very good. I, I might have. <laughs> I got that right. Also known as Hoity Toity or By Hook or Crook. Right, um, okay. Or... Spionage? Oh, no, Ardle Verflicht, which might be Ardle Verflichtet. Ardle Verflichtet, not Verflichten. Sorry, any German speakers who are listening. (laughs) Um, Anyway, yes, this is from uh, many years ago, 1990, designed by Klaus Teuber, uh, Mr. Catan. Catan fame, yeah. Yes, uh, and lots of other games, but then Catan sort of became his life, and he... Yeah, he said, right, this is making millions, I'll just, just concentrate on Catan for the rest of my life. Yeah. Yes, but before Catan, he had Adolf Afflicted. Right. Uh, and this is, we played it quickly. I have tried it before, but only the two-player and thought, didn't really work, hmm. but it would if it were, if there was more players, because it's, right. it's one of these things where you're supposed to have lots of players, two players, you have to do some extra uh, some different variant just to kind of try and uh, make okay. it almost work, but it still doesn't yeah, quite get you, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah and uh, and finally played it with a four-player four game, I think, or was it a five-player game? I think it might have been a five-player game, actually. It worked a lot better, and it was actually quite fun. All right, good. Yeah. we were. It's a set-collecting game. We're trying to collect um, uh, antiques, which have fun pictures and descriptions, like I had... Uh, Johnny Weissmuller's loincloth at one point um, <laughs> there's a whole set of them that are interesting historical pipes which is interesting um, but yeah you, you, other than that all the cards are the only um, relevant information for the game is whether it's set A, B, C, D, E or F Right. you're trying to progress around the board the way you progress is either hosting exhibitions of the stuff that you've got in your hand and anyone who's chosen to do the exhibition uh, chosen to do the stately home thing that that turn Hmm. can put on an exhibition uh, and whoever displays the best exhibit of their cards i.e. the longest run longest set of cards Uh, uh, and a set of cards is you can have like A-A-B-C-C they are a they are all connected but if you didn't have that b you can have the aas and the ccs they've all got to oh, right. sort of have a run if whoever's got the displays the most cards is does the best, best exhibition that turn and moves on an amount of spaces right. which varies during the game but other people might not have even decided to put on an exhibition they could have put on they could have put down a card to um to steal instead they put down their thief uh, card and anyone yeah. who did it did put on an exhibition whoever put down a thief card gets to steal one of their cards right or you might put down a detective card which it, it if anyone puts down a thief card the detective arrests the thief puts them in prison and then that player moves forward so that's the other way of moving forward 
But you might not have even gone to the stately home. You might have chosen, instead of stately home, you might have chosen auction house, which is obviously where you get more stuff to put in your hand. So mm-hmm. oh, so throughout this game, you're wondering whether you've got, got the best set of cards. You're yeah. wondering whether to improve your cards or move move forward by doing exhibitions. If you do try to move trying to move forward in exhibition, you're wondering whether to actually put on exhibition or try and steal stuff to get a bit better cards. Mm-hmm. Um, and it all depends on people sort of simultaneously putting down cards and then revealing them. And that's sort of happening over and over again and people going, mm-hmm. oh my God, everyone put down a detective. Uh, <laughs> it gave some sort of really nice moment to the game. Yeah. And I think it this is quite a simple concept, but it works quite well. I think it's... Yeah. Um, it actually stands up better than some other games I've played from the from the period. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you've seen it at all. No, I haven't. No, um, Samuel, um, like I say, he played it with Samuel, and he was telling me about it. I think he got it. Uh, did he go to bring and buy something at one of the shows like that he went that, yeah. to? Yeah, and he was t- he was kind of explaining it to me, and it, yeah, it sounded interesting. Yeah, it sounded okay. And I think he said he he quite enjoyed it when he played it. Yeah, it's mm. a good game and. Uh, um, I think, like I say, yeah, some of these some of these older games possibly don't hold up, especially one compared to compared to sort of the newer stuff that's out there. But this is one that uh, that still kind of works and is still quite fun. So, how, how long did you think it take, took then at five players? How long were you playing for? Oh gosh, I'm not sure now. I think it's um, I think it might have been less than an hour. So right. you know, maybe forty five minutes, fifty minutes, yeah. something like that. But yeah, it yeah. was yeah, interesting. Yeah, 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 and. Uh, I was quite impressed with it. I think yeah. it's um, it's been published several times. I don't think any of the, anything recent with uh, the nice um, productions that you get these days. I think it's mm. still sort of fairly <laughs> fairly basic art and things. Yeah. But yeah, I, I'd recommend it. Yeah, try yeah. it at least. It's not a deep, thinky strategy game. You yeah, can, yeah. It's, you know, you you put down some uh, put down a card and hope no one's put down a thief card. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of dependent on a bit of luck and uh, judging what other people are doing. Yep. But then the other game I've got is a bit more modern. Mm-hmm. And this is a train game, except it's heavily disguised as not at all, <laughs> not at all to do with trains at all. <laughs> but it's by Martin Wallace, so it's a train game. Um, it's uh, Via Nebula. And this is a game where you're definitely not laying track. What you're doing is putting out meadow tiles over the the fog spaces yeah yeah Yeah, so there's lots of resource spaces around the uh around the board which you can send out workers to exploit so you've you've opened up this pig resource so Mm. you've gone on that tile you've taken the tile and now there are three pigs with one of your workers standing over it and they'll keep on standing there until all the all the pigs have been taken and they'll be taken either by you or by any of the other players to move to your building sites. The building sites, gradually you get resources onto building sites, and if you've got the resources that are needed for a one of the cards that are at the top of the, the board, mm-hmm. then you can build that card. The building site tile comes off, the resources come off, uh, you put one of your buildings down, and you gain that card, which might give you some extra power to do. So not mm-hmm. only have you built one of your buildings... But now you can do something else, like lay another uh, meadow tile, or change some resource into another resource, or yeah, yeah. or some, something else, which might be useful. So the timing of doing those might be might be really good. Oh, 
I do that, which means I can build that, which means I can get a res- the resource I need on this other building site, which means I can build that as well. Yeah. That sort of thing. Uh, you've got two actions per turn, which might be open a, um, a resource exploitation or put a building site down or put a meadow tile down. And gradually the, the board gets built up with more meadow tiles, so you get, mm. you get the resource can truffle much further halfway across the board. People are saying, don't use their pigs, use my pigs, so I can get <laughs> yeah. my worker back. And it's, it is a train game, heavily disguised with this sort of weird fantasy theme. Yeah. Uh, there's some of the uh, impassable hexes on the board are, have got art of monsters, which is why, presumably why they're impassable. Yeah. Don't go there, there's a giant eye. <laughs> yeah. But it all works really nicely. I've had uh, quite a few games with this on various different player counts. I think it's two to four mm. players, but it's it's been a, a good game every time. No matter yeah. how many people have been playing. So, yeah, yeah, I, I, I really I, enjoy this. I've played it quite a few times. Yeah, I, I, I've got a bit of history of this as well because I think the first time I played it is it was your copy. I played it with you and, and Polly. Oh yes. Um, and yeah, I, I really liked it as well. I really enjoyed it, and it was right right up my alley. That kind of game, that kind of game, I, I really enjoyed. And um, I, I went out and bought a copy as well. So I've got oh yes, I've got a copy of this as well. So you've <laughs> you, you persuaded me on this one. Great. Um, yeah, it's um, yeah, you're kind of making routes to to get your resources to the to the building sites. But you kind of have to plan it out so that your guys, when you put a worker down, it kind of gets locked into that space until all the resources have gone. So you have to plan it out so that. Oh yeah, if you're just sitting there on four weeks, if you're just sitting there, game, nobody wants your <laughs> nobody picks, wants them. You, Yeah, you're, yeah. you're a worker down, and that could be quite. And <laughs> yeah, anything quite you've got left at the end of the game that hasn't been used is a minus point. Yeah. 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 And I, I really like the player board as well because it's kind of a player aid as well. It tells you all the actions and what it mm. costs and how you do it. It's all right, right there in front of you. Yes, excellent graphic design. Yeah, the the production's really nice. All the buildings are different. Each player's buildings are like slightly different. They are little wooden buildings, but one's like an arch, one's like a tower, one's yeah, like different shapes. Which I thought was quite cool. Yeah, it's lovely. Yeah, it's a yeah, it was a really good one. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Would you agree? It's a it's a disguised train game. Uh, yeah, it does. It, yeah, it doesn't look like it, does it? Yeah. <laughs> but then when you start playing and you're making. You're connecting these hexes together to get stuff where you need it to go. Yeah, it kind of, <laughs> yeah, it does kind of make sense then. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if that's what it was when Martin Wallace first pitched yeah. it to them, and then they said they changed the art a bit. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised they haven't done what they do with train games and bring out like more maps with like extra little bits in it and stuff like that. Yeah, so actually, yeah. Perhaps it, it wasn't do. a bigger hit as um, as they wanted it to be, but. Yeah, there's, I think it's double-sided, isn't it, the board? It's like a two- or three-player. It is. I think one, on one of side and slightly um, less forgiving and yeah, more, more unpassable pieces yeah, and yeah. more of the petrified sopores that take two actions yeah. to put a, put a piece down on, I think. So there is there is a bit of variety there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah it's a good one, yeah. Um, definitely worth definitely worth trying out if you haven't played it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so is that all the games we've played then? Well, yeah, yeah that's, that's, all, that's all, all I need to talk about. Yeah, all for all for me this month. So, shall we move on to question of the week then? Uh, there's a lot of games out there, <laughs> and time is finite. So, um, no matter how many games you play every week, 
you're never going to play all the ones and there's always going to be ones that you know you never get to or ones that you think that oh, I really need to get around to playing that one so we, we, we kind of um, I think uh, the other Tom suggested this it's kind of a bucket list games games that you think that you should that you'd like to play or you want to play that you haven't played yet yeah so I've got I've got a couple that um, that I can think of that uh, some, some that I see quite regularly at the club that I've just not had a chance to play yet some of them mm-hmm. uh, I haven't haven't yet seen one that I've uh, I've seen regularly is June Imperium. Um, it's quite a um, quite a common one that I, I see people playing quite often at the club. Uh, the, the The problem with this one is that um, they often play with all the expansions in, and uh-huh. if you if you want to teach a new player, it can be quite a long quite a long teach if you if you've got everything kind of thrown in there and you don't have to you know time to separate it all out. So the players that re- play it on a regular basis, you know, they know it all inside out. They've played it lots of times. But it's quite difficult to, to jump into without sort of um, pairing it all back again to the sort of base game. But it's definitely one that looks interesting. It's that kind of hybrid game where there's a bit of deck building, a bit of you know fighting in the middle, a bit of uh, other bits and bobs. And I like the theme of it. I like the June books. So that the theme, the theme is pretty good. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, the same as you. I've seen it played at the club quite a few times, but I've never played it myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here is yeah. good. Yeah, and then uh, another one that I've seen being played, but not very often, but I have seen it, is a, a game called Beyond the Sun. So this this doesn't look like much. It's kind of like a big sort of uh, tech tree kind of game. So it's, um, um, yes. it's science-based, um, science fiction-based, and you're kind of building up some kind of empire, and you're building up, going up on these tech tracks and trying to get everything, you know, get, get better and better stuff. I, I think it's like some kind of engine builder, but like I said, I've not played it, so I'm not entirely sure. But it looks really interesting. It does. It, I don't think it's a particular looker. There's not a lot of artwork artwork up there. Um, it's kind of basically just black, uh, sort of a black background and sort of this text tree that kind of spreads out in like a tree, a tree kind of shape. But looks really intriguing. It's supposed to be it's supposed to be quite good. I think Never it's quite it. a well thought of <laughs> game. This, yeah, I think it's yeah. in, the, in the top hundred on board yeah. week. I'm not sure. I, I did look at picking it up, but it comes in one of those big boxes. It's like um, it's like quite a long, long box. It's a bit of an odd shape, so that kind of put me off a little bit. Yeah, uh-huh. I think um, most of the things I've noted down as as things, uh, uh, you know, bucket list games, are other sort of large games that I wouldn't want to necessarily uh, pay all that money for, just because I don't know whether it'd be good yeah. or not. But I want to try yeah. it at some point. So I've got yeah. I've, the top of my list um, was uh, D Macca. Now, oh yeah, have yeah. you heard about this one? Yeah, the election German election game. German elections, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That'll uh, something to set the blood racing, isn't it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but this was the first game uh, put on the uh, on the list when uh, they created Board Game Geek. The first game oh, in the database was D Macca. Uh-huh. All right. Yeah. Um, I don't know that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's any guarantee of quality, but it was. Uh, <laughs> it's it's still well thought of. It's a, a getting deeply into German election system. Mm. Uh, I don't know much about <laughs> it, but I know I want to play it at some point. Yeah, yeah. but not enough to actually go and buy a copy. I think it has yeah. been reprinted fairly recently. All right. Okay, so there yeah. are copies out there. Yeah. Um, so it is available. Yeah. Yeah, and I, it's quite. A, it's a bit of an old one, then, isn't it? If it was like there at the start of BGG, it must be quite a. Yeah. It must be a few years old, but yeah. And other another big box that I would want to try 
would be Mage Knight. Now, oh, yeah, yeah. Have you ever tried that? No. No. I've heard that it's really a solo game. It technically yeah. can be played with more people, but it should be played with uh, one. Okay. Yeah. And I can't invest money in a solo game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to I don't I don't play solo games. Um but but it just looks like such a a big intricate wonderful toy box. Yeah. Um, yeah. Vladislav uh, I think it's kind games. of like a sandbox game, isn't it? You kind of get it's um, a bit like Fallout, I guess. You go out kind of exploring and yeah. fighting monsters and leveling so up, and you build up your character and get better at yeah, things and yeah. go out and destroy and yeah. well fight monsters or be a monster. I'm not quite sure exactly what, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. It looks it looks like an experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, if I ever get a chance to try that, I will. Yeah. Well, sim- similarly. Um, one that one that uh, is another experience is one called um, Planet Unknown. Um, so this is the one where there's a lazy Susan in the middle of the table. Oh, nice! Um, it's like a tile lane game. So there's um, sort of tiles in the middle of this lazy Susan, and you sort of sw- swizzle it round, and then you take a tile that's in front of you, and then the other player set of tiles are in front of them, and then you're trying to fill up your board and move a move a moon ranger about and sort of um, get points going up tracks, things like that. Looks, I think the production looks pretty good on this. This is a bit of a newer one. I think it's maybe a year or two old. So it's lots of uh, lots of nice thick um, thick tiles as well. And I, I do quite like a, a tile lane game with polyominoes. I'm a sucker for that kind of thing. So yeah, this looks uh, this looks right my street. And, and the, all the ones that I've mentioned as well so far have been uh, science fiction kind of space games, which is just a yeah, complete coincidence. But <laughs> just so happens to be uh, yeah space based. But uh, that's another one I quite like to. Like no German elections for you. No, no. I think I think that Planet Unknown is one that um, is is again probably a big investment. It's not not a cheap game because you've got all this all this stuff in the box, you know. So it's not something you want to sort of just try and uh, on a whim. I quite like to play it, but I think it is one that I'd probably probably enjoy. Yeah, sounds good. I mean, the Lady Susan sounds like it might be slightly unnecessary, but very nice. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's just like another way of drafting the tiles, I guess, isn't it? You, yeah. you could like have a draft and sort of pick them from a from a list. But I've, I've got um, Baron Park, and that's kind of got a similar sort of thing where you've got a load of tiles and it's a bit unwieldy because you have to lay all the tiles in the right order before you begin, and you know it's a bit fiddly to get it all set up and everything. Yeah. So this kind of gets around that. But obviously, you're paying for a big plastic lady, lady suit in a big box, so there's a there's a cost involved with that. <laughs> one one game that a lot of people. Uh, say is a grail game just because it's never going to be reprinted is Glory to Rome uh, oh yeah that always crops is, up isn't it yeah, yeah. there yeah. was a massive mess with um, the production of uh, the last edition of it yeah. and whoever was running the Kickstarter ended up losing loads of money and then there was arguments between the, the company about who yeah yeah um, yeah I think it's just never going to get uh, republished because it's impossible to get the people who originally had the rights to it to agree yeah. to publish it. I think, and the uh, the actual game itself goes for like crazy money, doesn't it? The original it does. sort yeah. of printing of it because it's well, so it, well. The original original printing is uh, ridiculously ugly <laughs> with <some laughs> stupid cartoon soldiers on it. But then they did a a less ugly version called mm. the black 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 box edition. But I think mm. either of those are. Uh, go for silly money yeah yeah and, uh, and, I th- and I, this is one I have actually played 
Oh, right, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Some, I can't remember who had it, but someone brought it to the club, and this was a, an edition that oh, they'd right. uh, printed up themselves and oh, made up. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, Which yeah. is the only way people can get it these days. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, yeah. And yeah. It, it, was, it was a fun game. Bit chaotic. Yeah. I didn't quite know what was going on, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I have, um, I do have uh, a game called Motainai, which I hear is similar uh, mm. in concept. You know, wrestling right. cards around, and they, they, all the cards are multi-use. You could put it on this side yeah. and its ability, or yeah. this side and its person, or whatever. Um, and I do like Motainai. And yeah. I did like. I, I think I enjoyed the game of Glory <laughs> to Rome that I, I had. Yeah. So. If I mean, you know, if anyone's selling this for, for a fiver, I'd buy it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There must be loads of games that are kind of out of print that you know came and went, and you know, really difficult to get hold of, and people kind of always hold in high regard. A lot of games that are held in high regard because of that get reprinted, like like D-Mac yeah, and yeah, things. But this one, even though everyone would pay lots of money for it, uh, it's not going to happen anyway. Yeah. And, and then I guess the other side of the coin is um, games that are readily available or that people play quite often that you think uh, I'd quite like to try it, but it might not be my, you know, it might not be my ideal game, my favourite game when I play it. But I, I, you know, I don't want, I, I won't mind giving it a go just to see what it's like. It yeah. might become a favourite, it might not. But I mean, um, especially ones that are uh, quite a big investment. You, um, I mean, yeah. you don't want to, yeah. <laughs> you don't want to. Uh, <laughs> Uh, plump for that unless you you're sure that you want it yeah yeah like uh some um uh ryan lockett's done some big boxes recently oh, yeah. uh, sleeping yeah. gods is a sort of big campaign game that that looks really nice yeah, but yeah. i don't know if i'd want to com- commit to it you know yeah yeah it's one of those long kind of campaign games isn't it where you kind of play it yeah you need the same group to play it and you need to yeah, played several times to get the most out of it. Yeah, one one special mention I did want to I did want to speak about. Um, I guess one of the advantages of playing at the club is that you get to play a lot of different sort of different games when people bring them. Yes, that is and, a great uh, thing. Yeah, uh, so there's not there's not that many I think that um, that I've probably not played that I would I would be interested in. But one one that I did want to play for for ages is Shadows of a Camelot. Oh, yeah. So this is one that um, when I first started watching the Dice Tower reviews, this was always on there. Sort of top ten lists, and it's one that was always sort of highly spoken of. I think this one's out of print as well. I think this one's another one that's quite difficult to hold off. But I put a message on the forums, and, um, and you've got a copy, haven't you? Uh, uh-huh. You still got it, but yeah. we played your copy. <laughs> so I, I wanted to play it for ages, and yeah, managed to find somebody who got one, played it, and yeah, really enjoyed it. Yeah. If uh, if it was available, I probably would pick it up. I would, probably would get a copy, but yeah, this is another one that's out of print. So there are sort of second-hand copies floating around there, but. Maybe again, this is another one that'll come back at some point in either in a different guise or, you know, by a different company in a special deluxe Kickstarter edition, <laughs> possibly. Yeah, I think there's been a, quite a few games um, recently that have been reprinted with different themes. Yeah, or yeah. slight variations. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think of examples now. Well, uh, Stefan Feld's entire back oh, catalogue yeah. is being reprinted with different city names yeah yeah the city collection like, yeah. yeah yeah his old game um Bruges is now Amsterdam I think I'm not sure <laughs> so like, that, I mean that was a city to start with but yeah but yeah all these old games of uh, Notre Dame is now something else yeah true yeah um 
another one that's um, that's come back as well, Cleopatra Society of Architects. Oh, really? So it's another one that that I saw, saw reviewed and everything, and that's that's available now. That's had a Kickstarter and it comes in a nice deluxe edition. That's another one that uh, that I've managed to play now that I wanted to play for ages and ages, mm-hmm. and finally managed to pick up a copy. So that's another one, but. Uh, yeah, I guess if there are any sort of, like, say, any legal riots or anything that's stopping it from being reprinted, then you can always ask that there's bound to be someone somewhere that's got a copy that's, you know, willing to bring it down and willing to play it and will be happy to dig it out of the cupboard yeah. <laughs> to give it another run and show it to somebody. Yeah, Definitely. if anyone uh, has a Grail game that they want to play, it's, it's worth just asking around yeah. the club. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Board. Yeah. Someone might have it. One other one that I've seen as well that's not really a board game is um, is one that we've been talking about, like role-playing earlier on. Um, there's a game called Alice is Missing. Oh, yes. So this is um, kind of a, a similar sort of thing where you've got sort of limited communication. Um, this girl's gone missing Alice, and um, uh, there's like a deck of cards, and there's I think there's an app and stuff that goes with it. But um, you all take on a role of like people who knew Alice or know Alice like a brother and like people who went to school with her and things like that. But you're not allowed to talk to each other. It's all done over text, so you kind of swap mobile phone numbers, and then you go into a group chat, and then you change your names to like your character names, and sort of bits of the story get invo- um, unveiled as you sort of uh, as the time sort of ticks down. Uh, so it looks really intriguing. It looks like this kind of uh, yeah, kind of the the game that you probably play once, like I said, and and once you know the story, you pretty much know what's what's going to happen, but. Uh, that looks quite an interesting one as well. That's one that I've added on me uh, on my Amazon list. <laughs> Again, that, I might pick that up at some point, but it'd be interesting to try that one as well. Yeah, back to the um, back to the LARPs again, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is this is one that uh, I have actually bought, but only as a gift for somebody else. So I never actually played uh, it myself. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I thought I thought you were going to suggest to bring it in then, and we could play no. it. Unfortunately, uh... <laughs> <Probably> not. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, maybe I'll pick it up at some point, and we'll 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 give it a go and see. Yeah, see it definitely it sounds like an interesting experience. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, it sounds like one of those. It's not. Yeah, it's not the typical kind of. Okay, uh, anymore or is that is that your? Oh well, I'm I'm sure there's loads of games. I want I'm, to play. I'm sure there will be. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I'm, I'm sure there's absolutely there. loads that yeah that have been and gone and yeah yeah that would be interesting to to try. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so there are our there are our bucket list games. Um, hopefully you've enjoyed listening to those and um, uh, I've got some good suggestions there some good games Tom thanks for joining me it's been a pleasure talking to you as always thanks for coming on and um, we'll see you on the next episode goodbye for now bye